Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show as I try. Okay. All right, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show as I try to get through this. Uh, it feels as if I have the flu coming on. I don't know. It could be. It could be, and then it could be um, something else or nothing at, at all. But I do know that it's the weather. It's 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 been something else. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, so hang in there with me as I try to sing. Sing as I try to do this show. See, I'm screwing up already. As I try to do this show. With maybe a sore throat, maybe. Okay. All right. 
Anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. My guest is a guy I had on uh, a while ago. His name is John Vespasian, if I'm pronouncing his last name uh, correctly. And uh, yeah, he's from another country. He, yeah, I'm thinking Australia, but I could be wrong. Okay. Anyway, uh, the talk of the times is back for 2018. Yeah, brand new year, 2018. Um, at least uh, now it's a new year, but as soon it will be an old year, and we'll just go on with things as usual. Of course, everybody has a birthday this year. Everybody, every one of us. <laughs> All right, worry and feelings of helplessness will defeat us. Stay positive, stay engaged, stay focused and make taking back our country a mission. Really, folks, really, we have to make this a mission. I, you, you saw the changes in my voice. You heard the changes in my voice. Uh, this man is nutty. He's nasty. He's mean. He's vile. He's crazy. He's a buffoon. I could go on and on and on. I'm pretty sure you have some uh, pretty questionable uh, rotten names to call him also. This man is just just when I, I was saying on the show yesterday, just when you think that this guy couldn't get any lower, he gets lower. And then the next day he goes lower than that. And then he goes lower and lower than that uh, in the following weeks. He, there's no high ground for this president. It's always the low ground. And, and it's always uh, something that's bashing people. He's a racist. If you're not white, period, if, if, in his world, Donald Trump, if you're not white, then he doesn't like you. He doesn't want you around. You can't talk to him. He, if you're not white and rich, put it that way. You know, so he, I mean, to Donald Trump, we're peasants. You know, we're peasants. We're looking for food stamps or we're looking for some sort of handout. Even if we have a job, you know, this guy, I, I don't know if you heard this, but it was a... um it was a, there was a, the national news and the local news did a, did a, um, a story on the bariscas, you know, the people who serve coffee and restaurants and people who wait on tables and all these waitresses, you know, the people like this, Trump was trying to screw with their tips saying, do not give them the tips, give them to the manager or whatever, you know, or, or back to the corporation that oversees those type of restaurants. The guy is messing with your money. He's messing. It doesn't matter what you do. First, it was the 401k. Now he done ended regulations uh, for the banks. That way the banks can cheat you out of your money. They can do this and do, do that with your money and you can't sue them. This man has a war against the American people. And that is no doubt about that. And I, and I'm pissed off about what I just got uh, what I just learned, and this is why I'm starting to show off with this garbage so quickly. And we're going to talk about that when I get back. So stay with the George Wilder Judy show on Block Talk Radio. <laughs> just when you think this guy can, you might have heard of this. I'm about to talk about it in the next, when we come back from this musical break. Um, um, you know, and it's just, just when you think this guy could not get any lower he does and my guest once again is john vaspazian okay he's going to be talking about his work and what he does and what he thinks we should what all of us 
uh, he believes that what we should know and what we can learn from this. Okay, we will be, let me see if I can't find, we'll do this. I haven't done it in a long time. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of Chicago, and we are helping to make the world a better place, one show at a time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding the show, downloading the show, and just having a great time. Here we go. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. And it is a great day in the city of Chicago. Weather-wise, it is balmy out there. It's, it's, uh, it was almost 60 or 60 earlier on in the day. And it's January, you know, so it, it's balmy. But they're saying it's going to freeze. It's, <laughs> the temperature is going to drop and we're going to freeze if we don't cover up, you know. Uh, it's going back the way it was um, from the date of this show last week. It was pretty, pretty nippy last week in the city of Chicago and in some surrounding states and, and, and cities in the United States, in America. Yeah, it was pretty nifty. And in some uh, some states, some cities around America, I mean, you saw um, blizzards and snowstorms and ice storms. And I mean, people were just immobile they couldn't move i mean the they were the cities were uh completely shut down because of the you know the harsh weather 
nothing could move. Buses, cars, you know, bikes, you know. So I'm pretty sure the small kids loved it. I mean, they, <laughs> but the rest of us, I mean, we, we didn't like it at all. You know, the cold weather, 30 below zero. I mean, you know, you're freezing your toes and everything. Oh, well, anyway, and, and it's, and it's full time. It, you know, I had a shop. I, I mean, we, we had shots every year we get shots so we can try to stab off the flu, but, uh, it, and those flu shots work. And I think everybody, uh, should get flu shots, especially if you're in a state where, uh, or a city where, um, you have some pretty harsh winters. I would suggest anybody uh, get yourself a flu shot before winter actually starts, kicks in. And they, and I, and I attest to flu shots. I mean, I avoided a lot of uh, sickness pertaining to winter, winter weather uh, because of the flu shot. And I, and we get one every, every year, a flu shot, you know, and some flu shots are free. Some you have to pay for, some you don't have to pay that much for, you know, if you combine it with your insurance. So it's good, good, great to uh, have a flu shot uh, and to stab off uh, uh, the flu. However, but once that venom, <laughs> I don't know why I call it venom, but once the flu shot wears off, Jesus Christ, it's, it's you're overtaken, you, you're overtaken by the flu. Once it wears off, uh, yeah, you better brace yourself because it's going to be hell going down. You know, you're going to... Uh, uh, it, it protected you from the flu, but once it wears off, there's no more protection and, you know, you wind up. And I think that's what's uh, happening with me per se. I think that the the flu shot that I had taken a few months ago is wearing off. And when it wears off, then, you know, you, you are, you know, I don't think you have the flu, but there is a, sickness that you will come down with because the flu shot is worn off. You know, I, I think there's some benefits to that. But anyway, uh, I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor. I could be wrong, but I've talked to a lot of them and I've been to a lot of them. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's best to get those flu shots, folks. And if you haven't gotten one already, get one. Um, I've had my flu shot for uh, maybe two or three, four or five months now. It's been about that I've had the flu shot and it's about to wear off and because I'm feeling it wearing off because I'm starting to get a sore throat and I'm starting to get flu like symptoms. So I'm sick. I'm thinking that it's wearing off, you know, but, but the flu shot doesn't wear off George. Oh yes, it does. Yes. Ask, ask any physician. So, um, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell anybody that you know of, uh, to make sure they start getting their flu shots. Yes, flu can kill. There's been many, many reports where people have died from the flu. And it's really, really deadly in people with diabetes. It's deadly in people with cancer or heart disease or whatever. You know, the the flu only exasperates those symptoms. So it's best to uh, always, always get a flu shot if you are living in a uh, state where the winters are really, really harsh, as such as Chicago, you know. But um, I'm trying to make it through the show as best as I can because I do feel something coming down uh, physically with with me. I mean, I'm not dying, okay? It's just a, uh, 
I don't think I'm dying. Okay. It's just a um, sickness that, that I had many times before, spread out through the years and stuff like that. But uh, the show must go on, you know. The show must go on. One more time. My guest is John Vaspathian. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his name okay, I'm, I pronounce it probably correctly the first two or three times, but now I'm starting to screw it up. All right, worry and feelings of helplessness will defeat us. Stay positive, stay engaged, stay focused, and make taking back our country a mission. Make it make taking back our country as a mission. But I want to say one thing about voter suppression. Uh, the Republicans, they know that a tsunami is coming. They know that a blue wave is coming November 2018. They know this. They know their asses are going to be wiped out. They know this. This is why they are setting in place fraudulent voter fraud committees and all of this stuff, gerrymandering. They are basically trying, they're going to try and cheat their way um, uh, a few months from now. I believe it's 11 or 10 or 11 months from now, they're going to try and cheat their way back in the office or cheat their way in the office in the first place because they're going to be there already now. Just about already and now, right now, the Republicans are drawing districts within cities and states for their own benefit. You know, they're trying to turn uh, blue states red by gerrymandering. Uh, and they can do this because why can they do this? They can Because they're in power. Democrats are not. The Democrats can't even stop him, stop the Republicans from cheating like this when it comes to gerrymandering. I think that's the thing that they're going to use uh, to try to cheat uh, in this election. And and that's what it is, folks. It's just plain old ordinary cheating. And this is what the Republicans have done for the longest. I mean, if you look back two years ago to the 2016 election, that was cheating because Russia meddled in the election and got Donald Trump elected. That was cheating. They cheated to win right there. I mean, Hillary won the popular vote, almost three million votes. Trump got a few. The best, the only thing Trump uh, won was the popular vote, not not the popular vote, but the uh, electoral vote. Hillary won the popular vote, and we're all, you know, wondering what the hell is going on. The popular vote doesn't count, even though that was two two and a half million more votes than Donald Trump. They got to do something about this electoral college. Now, if this was on the other foot, the Republicans would be screaming getting rid of the electoral college also. But they're not screaming about getting rid of the electoral college because it benefited them. It gave them their candidate. It gave them Donald Trump. So they're not too much crying about uh, the electoral college as the Democrats are. But the de- but however, the electoral college isn't going anywhere because the Republicans are in control. The Democrats can cry and complain and they can get out there in front of things, 
but they, they don't have the power to do anything. Right now, the Democrats are just sitting on their hands collecting a paycheck because the Republicans are controlling everything. The Republicans, they're controlling the executive branch. They, they control the uh, legislative branch. They control the judicial branch. Yes. The United States Supreme Court is made up of five Republicans and four Democrats. The Democrats have are the, the best thing the Democrats got going here is the American people. That's the best thing they've got going. And that's why a lot that's why they're quiet. And we've been calling for Trump's impeachment, but the Democrats are not calling for his impeachment. And my thinking is the reason why they want this, they want the investigation to play out. They want to see what Mueller has got on Trump. As we know now, Trump is refusing to sit down with Mueller to ask, to answer questions because his lawyers are afraid that he's going to incriminate himself. He's going to be found guilty, which he is totally. So, uh, we're just going to have to see where that goes, if it goes anywhere. And um, it, it's a mess, folks. It is a mess. I'm looking at my screen here, so if I seem to stutter or or go out a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm my mind is being occupied with something else while I'm on the air. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Yeah, folks, they're going to be trying to trying to um, – cheat. <laughs> That's all they do. And the thing about it, the Republicans don't even care if we know that they're trying to cheat. They don't care. If, I don't understand that these, most of these Republicans have broken every, every amendment to the Constitution. Why isn't there someone um, uh, uh, policing these guys? If you break any amendment to the Constitution, the law of the land, you should be thrown out of office, out of the office on your ass. But, you know, these people make break the Constitution and nothing happens to them. You know, this is why I say Republicans run everything. And there's supposed to be checks and balances on each <laughs> on each branch of government. Right. But there's no checks and balances because why the Republicans are running each branch of government, legislative, executive and judicial. You know, they're running it, and most of them are just criminals and thugs on their, of their own. But there will be voter suppression. There is no doubt about that, folks, and we have to be aware of that, and we have to know how to get around that to get these slimes out of the White House. As Republicans and Democrats get ready to do battle in the midterms, a lot of people think it will all come down to the referendum on President Trump. But there is a secret weapon in this battle, one that could undermine the will of the people. And I want everyone to pay attention to this. I think this is what the most important segment that we'll do tonight, this and DACA. Gerrymandering has been used by both sides, but it is a serious threat to democracy. Let's discuss it now. Samuel Wong is here of the Princeton Gerrymandering Project, also the co-host of Politics and Polls podcast, and also the Reverend Dr. Uh, William Barber. Uh, is here as well, an advocate for voting rights and president and senior lecturer of uh, repairs of the breach. 
Thank you. As I said, this is a very important conversation. I'm so glad that both of you are here uh, to talk about and to educate our viewers about this and, and to see, come to some consensus about what should be done. Sam, federal judges in a unanimous vote say North Carolina needs to quickly redraw its 13 congressional districts because the map is unconstitutionally partisan, it says. They have about three weeks to get this done, so it's in place before the 2013 midterms. How big of a deal is this? Could, could this further endanger Republican Hell seats in the midterms? This is a big deal. This is the first time, Don, that, uh, that a federal court has struck down a state map on grounds of extreme partisanship. Uh, it reflects things that are uh, in the process of the Supreme Court. And so uh, in North Carolina alone, it could move uh, possibly three seats or so. Uh, it's hard to tell exactly until the map is actually redrawn. Uh, and long-term, if that gets uh, played out again over and over across the United States and other heavily gerrymandered states, it could add up to something like a dozen seats, uh, a dozen seats that currently are uh, mostly in Republican hands through gerrymandering. So the, who, are the worst, um, who are the worst culprits when it comes to gerrymandering? Gerrymandering, uh, broadly, it's, uh, it's whoever is in charge, uh, legislators who want to choose their voters. Right now, it so happens because of wave elections that happened in 2010, Republicans got the lion's share of new state house control, right. and so they had control over the redistrictor's pen. They had the will to go there, and they engaged in a festival of gerrymandering that, uh, that has never been seen in the modern era. So, Reverend Barber, have Republicans done this because North Carolina statewide is trending purple and Republicans are trying to, to quash that? Well, Don, this is a huge deal. This is a, it's really the election hacking that we ought to be talking about. Uh, they've done this because it's the only way they can win. The federal courts have said this is intentional systemic racism. Remember, the courts ruled on this before, last year, in our battle to fight this. We just, we've been fighting for over seven years. And they've made it clear that this is what extreme partisanism and voter suppression and cheating looks like. After these maps were put in place, Don, a majority of North Carolinians voted for Democrats to represent them in Congress. But 10 of the 13 seats went to an all-white Republican delegation. We have not seen this kind of blatant intentionality since Jim Crow laws of the 20th century and the deconstructionists of the 19th century. And the reason they're doing it is because the Southern strategy, those so-called Solid South, is breaking open. The, Democrat, the, uh, the, the demographics are changing. And what has happened is these Republican state legislators are stacking, packing, bleaching, and diluting the black vote, not to stop blacks from getting elected, but to disable the power of the black vote to elect in all races. And if we fight this and change this, that what you saw in Alabama cannot, will not be an anomaly. They are afraid of a true populist vote, particularly in the South, where we elect 31% of the House of Representatives, 26 um, uh, uh, senators, and where we have 170. All right, there seemed to be a problem on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Hopefully not. All righty. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. He said, quote, you'll find out on Tuesday or Wednesday. He said he knows a lot about hacking. He said he knows about the hacking of the Democratic National Committee and other computer systems, quote, things that other people don't know. 
What do you know, he was asked Saturday night, that other people don't know? You'll find out, he said confidently, on Tuesday or Wednesday. But Tuesday night, he tweeted that the intelligence briefing on Russian hacking, he put insult quotes around intelligence and Russian hacking, had been delayed until Friday, positing perhaps more time needed to build a case very strange. Later Tuesday night, CNN reported there had been no hacking review scheduled that day for Trump by the CIA director nor the director of national intelligence. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard. Fighting non-violently. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Hi, uh, this is John Vespasian. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. John, thanks for doing the show. Welcome back. You were on the show once before. Ladies and gentlemen, John Vespasian on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead, John. Hi, hi George. Uh, I'm calling from, uh, from the Netherlands uh, to talk about my latest okay. book. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, which the title is uh, Sequentiality. And it shows um, uh, from history uh, how um, we can develop uh, professionally and privately and in, in, uh, in our society, uh, basically by taking steps, um, practical steps, and leaving aside all emotions and hatred and yeah. emotionality, yeah. Uh, negative, uh, negative feelings that um, are draining down our society. Yeah, I, I totally agree. A lot of people are down. A lot of people are depressed. And a lot of it is, is pertaining to our government. It's not working for us. It's working against us. And you have a lot of people out here who, are, who are feel, as, feel as if they don't have a voice and they feel helpless and they feel you know, as if there's nothing they can do but to let this go on. And I try to tell people, no, don't do that. Do not do that. So what would you suggest for those people to come out of their, you know, um, their lack of uh, a positiveness and, and to get themselves going? Well, um, we have to find a way uh, in these times uh -huh. of, um, of travel and uh, uh, in, in many areas, uh, and it's not only um, what you're mentioning, it's also uh, business disruptions, uh, people are getting um, um, uh, to lose their jobs, um, there are divorces, uh, I mean, there are many problems in the world, and we have to find a way to actually protect ourselves uh, individually, 
to find um, uh, ways to actually increase our uh, safety, uh, security personally. And this is um, what I'm proposing in my book, to find uh, situations uh, where you can develop despite uh, a bad environment. And let me just uh, give you uh, some examples. Look, uh, today you have uh, in the United States uh, about 50 million people suffering uh, from depression, uh, from anxiety, uh, from very high stress and actually taking medications. And this is a very unfortunate situation. Um, people are blaming uh, these problems on their environment, on the, whether it's politics, whether it's a family, whether it's a business uh, problems. And we have to actually develop uh, inside ourselves uh, sufficient strength uh, to be able to overcome these problems and to be able to become uh, self-sufficient. Um, it's not always um, the case that um, by blaming the environment, um, by saying, okay, we are going through a very unfortunate uh, situation, we are having a lot of problems, that uh, you will actually become more optimistic. Uh, you have to build the strength uh, inside yourself. You have to become very practically oriented uh, to find solutions uh, for your finances, for your job, for your family, because waiting for the world uh, to become a perfect place where you can develop uh, most of the time um, is going to be a fantasy because history moves very slowly and unless you take action to actually save, to find the, a safe place for yourself and to find um, uh, the possibility to grow as a person or as a, as a business person, um, just to wait and to complain uh, is not going to solve the problem. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, complaining and, and, and sitting back doing nothing is not going to solve the problem. It's just going to exaggerate the problem. So, uh, John, how is the book doing? How is people responding to the book? What is the reaction? Uh, most of the, of the people are getting interested in the book uh, because of the, um, uh, I would say, the medical stories. And let me just give you an example. Look, um, one of the... Uh, one of the uh, stories I tell in the book uh, is about uh, Luigi Cornaro, who is a, a person who lived um, uh, in the 16th century. And Luigi Cornaro was uh, terminally uh, ill when he was in his 30s. And he was experiencing uh, all kinds of problems um, uh, due to his uh, uh, finances. He was uh, going uh, through litigation and he was risking all his, um, all his assets. Eventually, he lost everything. He became very, very sick. Uh, he had uh, cancer. He had uh, a lot of pain. Uh, he went yeah. to different physicians, and they told him that uh, he was going to die uh, within a very short time. Uh, he should prepare himself uh, for, for leaving this world. Uh, he was only 35. And the story of uh, Cornaro is fascinating because in the end, the guy uh, changed his life radically. He changed his diet. He changed uh, his approach uh, to business. Uh, he recovered uh, very, very slowly, and in the end, he became very wealthy, and he lived um, uh, 102 years. I mean, he became 102 wow. years old um, by changing his life completely. And the situations and the problems he was facing, they are very similar uh, to the ones that uh, people are facing today, um, problems in the environment, uh, taxes, litigation, uh, aggressiveness, uh, a poor lifestyle because uh, Cornaro was uh, living a very, very stressful life. And the story uh, is the, the one that people find uh, in the book, and they find it uh, so 
uh, fascinating that actually it has become the, the main aspect of the book, even if it was not my intention uh, to base uh, the book only in this story. But it's something that uh, really touches people because they realize that uh, they can change themselves uh, despite uh, a very uh, difficult environment. Uh, they can change their lifestyle. Uh, Cornaro is very inspiring because uh, in the end he lost everything. Uh, he lost his health. He lost his money. Um, he got uh, into uh, a, a, a big um, uh, fight with his family. Eventually, he had to leave um, uh, his family. And in the end, he rebuilt his life completely and he became very successful. And this is the kind of story that I like to tell in my book uh, because um, we tend to focus too much on problems and we forget uh, that human beings can be extremely effective uh, if we focus on finding solutions and especially if we focus on practical uh, solutions. Yeah, I, I think that's marvelous. I think this guy that you just got through telling me about, uh, he didn't let negativity keep him down. He didn't let uh, uh, negative voices keep him down. He didn't let people, people keep him down who did not support him. He didn't, I mean, people kept doing him wrong and doing dirt to him. And he just figured out a way to, you know, uh, outshine them by becoming successful. That's great. Yeah, another uh, aspect that uh, I underline in my book uh, is the question of uh, hypersensitivity. Uh, look, today when we read uh, newspapers and we listen to, uh, to the media, uh, we see people um, uh, extremely uh, emotionally um, uh, complaining and, and uh, railing against uh, different uh, problems. And many of those problems are real. I'm not saying that they are not existing. They are really uh, threatening. They are uh, very um, uh, disrupting for people's life. But um, this has happened uh, in history uh, a million times. And um, the problem of uh, hypersensitivity that you see in, in people today, I deal with it uh, very extensively in the book. I, I present the story of um, uh, Dante Rossetti, who was a, 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 a very um, uh, talented uh, painter in the 19th century. And this guy yeah. uh, started a, a fabulous career in his youth. I mean, he, he was very, very talented. Uh, he could speak. Uh, he was living in the UK. He, he was able to speak and, uh, um, and read Italian. And he built uh, a career as a poet and a, and a painter. But he was very sensitive. Uh, he was very sensitive in the sense that uh, he was uh, deeply affected uh, by criticism, uh, by um, people uh, not uh, enjoying his work because he got some uh, enemies in the, in the media. And basically, the guy destroyed his life. He could have become a great uh, name in painting and art, but eventually he started to drink. Uh, he became um, socially isolated. Uh, he died uh, relatively young while he could have uh, developed his talent. And this kind of hypersensitivity, when people become destroyed uh, by criticism, by uh, negativity, is something that we have to avoid. Because um, when you get into this negative spiral, uh, you basically uh, destroy your opportunities. And uh, the talent you have and the opportunities you have, they go wasted uh, because uh, you are just uh, focused on negative emotions. We have to be disciplined. Uh, we have to be practical in building our careers and building our businesses and building our families and building our finances. Because if we don't do that, uh, the world is not going to do it for you. 
and um, being sensitive is fine, but being hypersensitive uh, is going to play against you. Yeah, I totally agree. So basically, uh, some one of the things that you're saying, one of the things that you're saying that anybody can, any one of us, no matter who we are, uh, what color or, or nationality, any one of us, if we do the right thing, we could be successful. Um, we can be successful if we find uh, the right sequence of steps. And this is why the book is, uh, the title is Sequentiality. Okay. Because um, in, in contrast to uh, what we hear in the media, that uh, you have to believe in yourself and you have to, uh, to have a dream and you have to pursue your dream, uh, in yeah, practical terms, uh, people, in, in practical terms, uh, most people become successful uh, when they get very practically uh, oriented, uh, they get down to earth, uh, they try to find yeah. the steps uh, to get things done, and they do not uh, focus so much on emotions. Because when we become uh, super enthusiastic and super excited, uh, we tend to, uh, to lose track of reality, and this is very dangerous. And let me just give you a, a, a quickly an example from the book. Look, in the, at the beginning of the of the 19th, of the 20th century, um, they were uh, different uh, expeditions uh, to explore Antarctica, uh, the South Pole, and different people went there, and they were with ships, and they had dogs, and they had uh, all this uh, equipment uh, to try to um, explore the area. And um, it's fascinating uh, to uh, to read the stories of explorers. I recount them uh, briefly in my book. Uh, because the one that became uh, super uh, uh, successful uh, was a guy who was very much uh, low-key. He was very unemotional, uh, very practical, uh, very much down-to-earth. And when he wanted to go to, um, to Antarctica, to the South Pole, he just uh, figured out what he had to do. Uh, he was um, uh, super uh, organized, and he just went there and did it. While the guys who were super positive and super enthusiastic... Uh, they got lost uh, in completely uh, irrelevant details. Uh, they didn't make the right decisions. And in the end, they, they went there and they, they died. They were just frozen. Uh, and some of them are still there uh, 100 years uh, later because nobody has been able to recover the, um, uh, the bodies because they're under uh, several meters of uh, ice. Mm -hmm. So the, the, yeah. um, these extreme uh, stories... They show you that uh, if you become very practical and very, uh, very much um, uh, cool and, and emotional and, and you focus on the problem, uh, you can find solutions. But if you just uh, spend your time, um, I would say, uh, complaining and, and, um, and being super um, emotional, uh, it can play against yourself. Uh, it, you become blind uh, to the problem itself and you get uh, sidetracked uh, in different issues. And uh, this is not uh, helpful. Yeah, I don't think it's helpful either. And I like the way your book your book is sounds like it's something of a must read, is if you're trying to uh, uh, in some way better yourself. So where can we find the book? Where I mean, how can we get it? Uh, it's super easy to find if you type okay. uh, the title in Google, uh, sequentiality. Uh, you will find okay. it. Uh, it's available in Amazon and in the Apple Store. Um, otherwise, uh, you can type my name on Google, uh, John Vespasian, and you will find uh, the blog, and you will find uh, my website uh, very, very easily. 
<laughs> Thanks, John. You've been a great uh, asset to, to the show and to the listeners out there. And I want to say to everybody, go pick up this book by John Bepassian. Uh, and give us the title one more time because I don't want to mess it up. Uh, sequentiality. It comes from sequence. Uh, so the title is uh, Sequentiality, uh, the Amazing Power of Finding the Right Sequence of Steps. Wow, sounds beautiful, sounds great. Thanks, John, for being on the show. Uh, thanks, uh, George. All right, bye-bye. I'll, uh, John Vespasian on the George Wilder Jr. Show talking about his latest book. I mean, you know, just go and grab it. It sounds great. It sounds like something that you, if you're looking to better yourself, basically you're bettering yourself. He, he's going to tell you how not to, what things you shouldn't do uh, to try not to better yourself. So, I mean, yeah. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. I always love to have John on the show. He's so energetic. He's so and he's so truthful and sounds like he has a great book. And uh, if you're interested in, in the book, yeah, just go by his um, uh, website or just replay the show, podcast the show and uh, get the all the information that you can get. Uh, it sounds like a great book. I know I'm going to get it. I mean, every you know, I love reading. That's one of the things I do. I love reading and I love learning. Uh, uh, le learning everything uh, uh, that pertains to reading because, you know, you learn something every day. You, you, you learn something every day. You learn something all the time. And, and pick up this book by John, and uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to learn a lot more about uh, how to end stress and negativity and all this kind of thing, depression and stuff like this, because they're, these, these things are medical conditions. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean you get you get so many people on prescription drugs uh, to treat their depression, not to treat their heart disease or diabetes, but depression and distress. And and as we know, this can be really really dangerous. Stress can kill. Depression can kill. I'm pretty sure John's book uh, probably more likely alludes to that fact because he wants you to be successful uh, as you can. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom. This is what I call freedom. Well, I want to say, I want to tell you, I want to say it. When you can do what you want.
outspoken critic of the Republican plan, independent senator of Vermont, Bernie Sanders, who caucuses with the Democrats. He's also the ranking member of the Senate Budget Committee. Senator Sanders, uh, good to see you as always. President Trump is accusing Democrats of being obstructionists on the tax issue. He tweeted, quote, if Democrats were not such obstructionists and understood the power of lower taxes, we, we would be able to get many of their ideas into the bill. What's your response? Well, that's total nonsense. Democrats have been completely shut out of <laughs> I this liked it. process. That's Justice total nonsense. Shut out of the of legislation process. Here is the fact, and Trump should understand this. What this legislation is about is fulfilling the promises, Republican promises made to wealthy campaign contributors. There is a reason why the billionaire class provides hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign contributions to Republicans. And now is payback time. What this legislation is about, Jake, is giving 50% of the tax benefits to the top 1%. And at the end of 10 years in the House bill, forcing almost 50% of the middle class to actually pay more in taxes. What this legislation is about, absolutely insanely, is repealing the estate tax, a $269 billion tax break, not for the top 1%, but for the top two-tenths of 1%, a handful of the wealthiest families in this country, like the Walton family and the Koch brothers' family and mm -hmm. other very, very wealthy families. So, Senator... And by the way, yeah. by the way, Jake, one other point. When they run up a $1.5 trillion deficit, as they will in this legislation, they're going to come back, and that's what Paul Ryan is saying, they're going to come back with massive cuts to Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, because they say, oh, my goodness, the deficit and the national debt are too high. This is a terrible, terrible piece of legislation, and it must be defeated. So Republicans' response to the idea that 50% is going to the top 1% is the top 1% pays a disproportionate amount of taxes. I do want to better understand your objection to, the, to the, this aspect of the bill. 
Is it the size of the tax cut going to the wealthy that bothers you or the idea that the wealthy are getting any tax cut at all? Well, first of all, what the Republicans are forgetting about is, yeah, the rich pay more in taxes because we have massive income and wealth inequality in America. 52% of all new income in America is going to the top 1%. Duh. Yeah, the rich are going to be paying more in taxes. But does anybody watching this program really believe that the major crisis facing our country, when the middle class is shrinking, when our infrastructure is falling apart, when young people can't afford to go to college or are leaving school deeply in debt, when 28 million people have no health insurance, does anyone really think that the major crisis facing this country is the need to give hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks to the very richest people in this country? A centerpiece of this tax bill is a significant reduction in the corporate tax rate. Is it not true that lowering corporate tax rates uh, would encourage more companies to set up shop here in the United States and discourage them from no, doing, it's doing it? It's not true. No, it's not true in this sense. First of all, the Republicans are not telling the truth about the effective corporate tax rate. Nominally, it is 35 percent. Effectively, it's somewhere around 14 or 15 percent. Second of all, what they are trying to do is pass what is called a territorial uh, tax uh, program, which will, in fact, lower taxes for corporations that invest abroad. In fact, a very serious argument can be made that their legislation will result in the exodus of jobs from the United States, companies going abroad, paying lower taxes there. Our job right now is to end the absurdity of one out of five major profitable corporations in America today, today, not paying a nickel in federal taxes. Their legislation would make it worse. And by the way, Jake, what they are also doing is making permanent, making permanent the corporate tax breaks, making temporary the tax breaks that benefit working families and the middle class. Absolutely crazy. As you know, uh, the Senate tax bill underwent uh, major change this week, and it now includes uh, repealing the individual mandate that is part of Obamacare. Uh, you and Senator Schumer quickly denounced the move, saying that this would throw 13 million people off of health insurance. Now, the Washington Post's fact checker uh, looked at the claim and gave Senator Schumer uh, two Pinocchios for that because these people would be voluntarily going without insurance because they no longer have to pay a fine. How to, explain to me, how is giving people a choice whether or not to give a, uh, have health care and not having a fine anymore, how is that throwing 13 million people off of health insurance? Well, 13, there will be 13, we already have 28 million people who have no health insurance. Every other major country on earth guarantees health care to all people. What would happen here is 13 million more people would not have health insurance. Now, some people say, well, if I'm 25 years of age and I'm healthy, hey, no problem. I'm not going to buy health insurance. Well, you know what? 25-year-olds come down and are diagnosed with leukemia. They get hit by buses. And you know who's going to have to pick up the bill for those 25-year-olds? Uh, you are, I am, and everybody else in America who is now paying for health insurance. The studies indicate that when you repeal the individual mandate, uh, what you're going to see is premiums go up for everybody else by about 10% because your pool of consumers will be older and sicker. Our job is to join the rest of the industrialized world, guarantee health care to all people as right, end the absurdity of our country paying twice as much per capita as any other country, not have a situation where 13 million more Americans don't have health insurance. All righty. That was pretty, pretty uh Quick. <laughs> I'm just sitting down. I'm, I almost missed it. Anyway, Trump's criticized immigration from, I mean, this is, you know, I, 
this is below Trump. This is, I'm looking at the Hill. Um, Trump criticized because he said that immigration, uh, I don't even want to say this. It's a bad word. So he called, he's saying that immigrants are from shithole countries. This is shithole is the word that the president of the United States used to describe countries um, that immigrants are from. And um, this is, and the White House does not deny Trump's shithole comments. Trump is just, this man is a mean, nasty, vile type of a person. He's racist. He's, his racism just runs out of his body, runs out of him. I mean, uh, wow. Okay, ex-CIA chief, Lady Liberty, weeping over Trump's atrocious comments. This guy, everybody's talking about his shit shithole comment. Shithole is his word, and I'm quoting him. It's not my word. I'm just quoting him. Uh, Blumenthal, uh, Trump, Trump's shithole comment is racism masquerading poorly as immigration policy. It's racism. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And here's the full article. President Trump reported, re, reportedly referred to immigrations from Haiti and African country, countries, talking about black people, as coming from shithole countries. So saying, he's saying that black people, uh, when we were slaves, brought, we were brought over here. Um, and he's saying that the country's a shithole. Trump made the comment in the Oval Office meeting with lawmakers during a discussion of protections for immigrants from several countries. Hmm. Why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? Trump said. According to multiple people briefed on the meeting, he reportedly suggested that the U.S. should bring in more immigrants from countries such as Norway. Hmm. Wow. Certain Washington politicians uh, choose to fight for foreign countries, but President Trump will always fight for the American people. That's bull crap. That's a lie. He's fighting for himself and only himself. He's such a racist. Okay, GOP calls on White House to clarify Trump's shithole comments. It's crazy. Why don't they get this guy out of the White House? He's not presidential material. He's not presidential anything. He's totally unfit. He's totally an asshole. He's totally uh, crazy and demented, and he shouldn't be in our house the white house belongs to the people it was built by slaves the very people that he's saying come from shithole countries he's in a white he's in the white house it's built by people who were brought over here from the shithole uh country that he is, is alluding to this is just awful this is why we have to, and this is no joke, we, we have to get these people out of office. The Republicans, you know what, the Republicans, they run everything. They got the uh, House and the Senate, and they have the power of impeachment. As long as this guy stays in office, 
it's not Donald Trump's fault that he will not resign. It's the fault of the Congress, the Republican Congress, refusing to get this jackass up out of the White House because he doesn't give a damn about people nowhere. Get this jackass, this racist piece of white supremacist mess out of the White House. It's going to be on them. The more Trump opens his mouth, disparages color, the the closer he comes to losing this election. And it's just awful. It's just awful. Okay, the White House denied those allegations at at that time, at the time. But, uh, you know, they're saying that uh, this sounds like Trump. There's no doubt about it. He he used the word shithole to describe uh, countries uh, that where black people uh, reside and come to America. He's calling it shit. This is just this is a, a, atrocious. This is atrocious. We don't have to wait for this uh, investigation to get finished. We need him out of there now. This guy is just, he is just awful as president of the United States. He, I mean, you can say all the rotten things you want about Donald Trump, and most of them are true, if not all of them. And he's still going to be sitting his fat ass in the Oval Office, you know, hating on people. Uh, his war is with the American people. His war is with people. He, he's a racist pig. He can't help it. His colors are showing, and they've always showed. And uh, he's a fake president because he's not really president because Russia, a foreign country, rogue country, helped him win, which he should not be. He's unfit. He's unfit in every way to be president. This is just crazy. This is just outrageous that he will call uh, Haiti and African countries, call them shithole countries. That shithole is his word, not mine. Just like he called the uh, uh, football players at one time when he was trying to get his fingers into the NFL. He, He called them son of a bitches. Donald Trump can use some curse words. He can say a lot of foul things, and he's saying it. Okay, analyst Phil Mudd uh, unloads on Trump's asshole, uh, shithole comment. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's people uh, around the country, they are really, really upset at this guy using a uh, uh, shithole comment. It's disappointing. This man should be ran from the, the White House. He should be out of there in handcuffs. Damn a, 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 a investigation. I am so angry. I am pissed off and I'm so angry. I wanted to talk about this at the beginning of the show, but I knew I had John coming on. So, But anyway, uh, this guy is, is, is just a mess. He should not be nowhere. In, okay, CN, CNN counterterrorism analyst Phil Mudd unloaded on President Trump's shithole comment on Thursday saying that we should be ashamed of this president. We should be ashamed of this president. He is an uh, embarrassment. He's a stupid ass. He's, he's, I mean, I, I'm just pissed off because he's talking about my country of origin, calling it a shithole country. And he's saying, why should we, we accept any of these immigrants in, in the United States that are from shithole countries? 
This man is uh, just watch, just watch and anticipate uh, people uh, running around uh, uh, the White House trying to get out on television to try to explain what this guy meant and try to defend it, what he says. It's not going to work. Kellyanne Conway is a is a ass kisser. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders ass kisser. And a, and a whole host of these other jackasses that go out and try to defend this monster that's in the White House. How can you defend him from these kinds of comments? He's just a racist pig. And as I've said before, he has a war with the American people, and we have to fight this jackass back. We have to do everything that we can. They're going to try and cheat their asses off by gerrymandering and suppressing the vote. Uh, uh, upcoming the during the elect upcoming uh, midterms elections, but I don't think it's going to work, folks. The reason why I don't think it's going to work because it's going to it's a it's a hell of a lot more of us than it are of them, and we're going to vote our asses out. And if they try to cheat, which they they're going to do because they they're afraid that everybody's going to vote their asses out, and that's what's going to happen. They are going to cheat big time. I mean, you know. Uh, and we have to be aware of that. But we may have federal judges on our side that may say that the Republicans cannot uh, 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 remap a district in order to favor them. That's breaking the rules of the Constitution, but the Republicans, they don't give a shit about the Constitution. They don't care. They don't even care that we know that they're assholes and that they're going to try and cheat to, cheat. We want this man out. Donald Trump, throw his ass out of office now. There's no excuse. There's nothing to defend. This man is not fit for office. He is a pig. Wow. And if you haven't uh, heard about Donald Trump's uh, attack on these countries and attack on immigrants, then you're not paying attention. If he's sitting back there laughing at what I'm saying and you think it's funny, it's not funny. This man is about to destroy your way of life. We've got to get this prick. <laughs> We've got to get this guy out of office. I mean, this is just crazy. Okay. And there are so many people around the country right now, around the world saying this is pathetic. This is pathetic. But yet the Democrats, I mean, the Democrats and the Republicans are letting this man just sit there and just piss all over America. Because that's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. And everybody who's anybody is saying his comments just atrocious and racism masquerading poorly as immigration policy. He's a racist pig. And he should not be on anybody's internet. He should not be on your TV. You know, I mean, this guy doesn't deserve to be on your television set. Uh, he's not on mine. I, I, you know, I mean, if I see Donald Trump's face running across my television, I race and try to find uh, the the remote so I can just click his face right off of there. There's nothing this man can say. There's nothing this man can do uh, uh, that can um, sway me. Yeah, you're right. I can't stand him. I don't like him. I think he's a prick. I think he's a dumb, stupid asshole. 
I mean, this latest comment calling uh, people from Haiti and calling immigrants from Africa, saying that their countries are shitholes. The only shithole we got is Donald Trump himself. He's the shithole. No one else in the world is a shithole as, as, as this creep is in the White House. And we, the people of the United States, we should, we should uh, be able to throw this man out on his ass because he is an embarrassment to the United States. He's an embarrassment to each and every American. He's just a slob. I, I just, uh, it, it's just, sorry, folks, I'm a, I'm a little passionate on this, a little passionate on this, because this man is just, is, is, he's just dripping with stupidity and hate for every, for everybody who's not white and rich. He is uh, dripping with it. And it's, it's a damn shame that, uh, that um, this is going on. This is going on and it, it shouldn't be. Today is All right, here's Elizabeth day. Warren. It is a terrible day yeah, for is. millions of working families in this country who just want Congress to work for them. It is a terrible day for people who just want to get on with their lives and not have Congress cost them even more money. It is a terrible is. day for millions of hardworking people, but it is a great day for giant multinational corporations and billionaires who fund Republican campaigns across this country. Today is their day. Every fundraiser, every fat check from a billionaire, and every champagne and caviar party has been about getting to this day, the day when the politicians that they put in charge of Washington would pay them back with a $1.5 trillion giveaway. Now, supporters of this bill call it tax reform. It's not tax reform. It is a heist, a heist that steals from millions of middle-class families and hands that money over to the wealthy, a heist that will hurt Medicare and Social Security and reduce health care coverage by 13 million people in order to hand over money to giant corporations that are already rolling in profits, a heist that will hurt our economy and blow a hole in our national debt. And the American people have seen through this scam. They see through every lie that's been pushed forward. They know that this bill doesn't provide middle-class tax relief. It ultimately raises taxes on more than 60% of working families in this country. They know that this bill does not promote economic growth. Nonpartisan projections have shown it will have a negligible impact. Even former Republican officials admit it. And they know that this bill won't raise wages for working people. Corporate CEOs have already said so. Those CEOs have told everyone who would listen that when they get their truckloads of money from the GOP tax bill, they will turn right around and funnel that money to their wealthy shareholders. And they know that this bill isn't even to help Americans. A third of those shareholders who will get truckloads of money from the GOP bill don't even live in the United States. 
Over the last month and a half, we've all watched as one Republican senator after another has cast aside every single one of their supposed principles to get behind this monstrosity of a bill. Real relief for the middle class? Gone. Concern about the national debt? Gone. Concern about economic growth? Gone. Now, there's only one principle left. Reward billionaire campaign donors. This is not a conspiracy theory. It is not a partisan attack. It is what Republicans in Congress are saying in public to reporters. As one of my Republican colleagues said in a moment of honesty, if they don't pass this tax giveaway bill, financial contributions will stop. And a Republican House member said big donors told him to pass the tax bill or don't ever call them again. Let's call this out for what it is. It's government for sale. And that's how you end up with a $1.5 trillion tax giveaway to corporations at a time of record corporate profits. You know, it's not supposed to be this way. Congress is elected by the people. It is supposed to represent their interests, not those of the people and companies rich enough to fund campaigns. And boy, is there a lot of work for us to do. Over the last 30 years, corporate profits have skyrocketed, while wages for working people have stayed flat. But even though corporations, not families, have been getting richer and richer, Congress has forced families to pick up more and more of the cost of our military, our roads and bridges, and our schools. Corporations used to pay about 30% of the cost of running the government. Now, it's under 10%. But today, the politicians who run Congress will slash corporate taxes even more and shift even more of the burden onto working families. Working people will pay more so that giant corporations can pay less. There is no better example of this than the bill's treatment of Wells Fargo. Last year, we found out that Wells Fargo had opened millions of fake accounts so that executives could goose their sales numbers, drive up stock prices, and rake in bigger bonuses. And it turns out, Wells Fargo has also charged half a million customers for auto insurance they didn't need, which meant a lot of people, including soldiers and sailors and Marines, got their cars repossessed. Sounds pretty sleazy, huh? But instead of holding them accountable for cheating their customers, this Congress is on the verge of passing a tax bill that will shower more free money on Wells Fargo than any bank in the country. That is right. When this bill passes, the punishment for Wells Fargo's cheating millions of Americans will be a big gift-wrapped present worth billions of dollars in tax giveaways. This tax bill is shameful, and it is the result of a shameful process. No hearings on a bill that overhauls the tax code and shifts around trillions of dollars. No input from a single Democrat. No time for vetting by actual tax experts. Oh, big time donors are happy, very happy with this outrageous tax heist. But the American people, 
The American people are angry, and they are right to be angry over and over again and again. They watch this Congress ignore their pressing problems, ignore children's health insurance, ignore flat wages, ignore an opioid crisis, ignore hurricanes and wildfires, ignore working families that are ripped apart by greedy politicians and politics built right here in Washington. Over and over again and again, they watch instead as Washington jumps to do more favors for billionaires, more favors for giant companies, and more favors for campaign donors. Today is just one more terrible day for hardworking Americans. Just one more terrible day in Washington, where Washington works great for those at the top and won't lift a finger to help anyone else. People's anger is understandable. I share it. And sooner or later, a reckoning is coming. And I promise you this, when it does, when the politicians who lead this Congress and vote for this tax heist are held accountable for turning their backs on the American people who sent us here, then, then we will be the kind of country we want to be. Then we will be the kind of country we were meant to be. A democracy where everyone even the richest and the most powerful, pay a fair share, and where we all work to build a better future for all of our kids. Mr. President, I yield the floor. All right, folks, sorry for the uh, dead air. We, we were busy typing something. All right, so, yeah, and uh, this is a, a atrocity that Trump called these two countries uh, shithole. He'd rather have people from Norway. I was reading the article. He'd rather have people from Norway. And you know, I don't think, like a lot of people, why would anybody from Norway want to come here? to this mess, what we have over here. I don't think anybody would want to come to this country. I'm pretty sure a lot of the immigrants, uh, whether they are legal or, or illegal, they want to leave. I mean, they're having it better back in Mexico than they're having it here right now. I mean, because we, we, we are messed up. We're, we're, we are totally messed up. And uh, for this guy to um, show how... Okay, let's put it this way. We know what Trump is about. We've always knew he was a racist, but he doubles down on being a racist. So what are we going to do about it? As Americans, what are we going to do about this, this, this piece of garbage in the White House? What are we going to do about it? We're going to let him sit there and just uh, de keep demeaning uh, the United States, keep taking the United States further, 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 further under? What are we going to do? We're going to vote. Uh, we got to do more than vote. I mean, there's going to be a huge march on uh, on January 20th. 
I'm going to be out there. I hope you be out there. We're going to we're going to be marching our asses off for everything rotten thing that this guy has brought to the United States. Low down, rotten, racist, money laundering, collusion with the Russians. This guy should be thrown out on his ass, but he's being protected by the rogue Republicans uh, in Congress. And you blame Congress for what this rat ass does because they will not protect Americans uh, against this son of a gun. I wanted to say something else. This is just horrific, folks. Uh, This is horrific. Uh, A president of the United States, a sitting president calling uh, countries shitholes and and saying that he prefer another country to come instead of those shitholes countries. The only shithole we have is Donald Trump himself. That's the only shithole we have. If you want to call something a shithole or someone a shithole, he should call himself back. This is just awful. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We've got about 10 more minutes left into the show. And it's been, I've had a lot of fun, even though some of the neg- negativity that uh, I've talked about or tried to elude uh, uh, to as, as Donald Trump or anything, it, it really, it, I really had a good time. And we're going to be off for about three or four days. Just Monday, Tuesday. Oh, Martin Luther King. Oh, we won't be here. We'll be here. Uh, the show will start up after um, uh, Martin Luther King's uh, uh, birthday, his day, on the 15th of January. So we'll be back on the 16th. I'm going to be doing some writing. We're going to go. <laughs> we have to go to the doctor, right? I've had a few people say, hey, George, you're having the flu. Make it to the doctor. You better go to the doctor ASAP, ASAP. All right, it's 722. We're going to be doing a lot of that. But I'm going to do a lot of writing and uh, promoting and we'll be back here uh, live, uh, as I've said, the 16th of January. But, you know, if you're missing the George Wilder Jr. show, if you want to hear it, and I'm not on live, there's a lot of podcasting uh, that uh, that is available on this site here, uh, George Wilder Jr. slash no, Black Talk Radio slash George Wilder Jr. right here on Black Talk Radio. So you'll never be without the George Wilder Jr. show, whether it's live or a podcast or recorded. You know, it's here. It, it'll always be here. But if you want the latest, you all, <laughs> you have to listen live, right? Um, uh, yeah, this, this is just bad, what we're going through now. It is bad. We've got uh, Donald Trump um, saying, calling countries shithole. Now, why would he did want to demean other countries? For no reason at all, except for he's a big, fat, sloppy racist. It's just, it's just boggling to me. But I'm realizing the man is really stupid. The man is really dumb. He's ignorant. He's uneducated. He has no class. Has no dignity. Has nothing. He has nothing. He's a mean, vile, nasty, lying piece of garbage. What can I say, folks? Anytime someone calls your country of origin a, a shithole and you know that this person is more of a shithole than anything he could ever call a shithole. You know, I mean, he's putting this type of flowery language in the White House. He's going around using bad language in the White House. He's yelling and screaming at people in the White House. 
cursing them out, using swearing words at them. And he doesn't think that's going to get back out there. He, and he doesn't think it's going to get back out to the uh, American public. Now, that's where he's stupid and dumb at and, you know, probably in some other areas, too. You know, he this man was out not too long ago saying how smart he was and, and how intelligent he was. And then he goes and says something totally, totally dumb, totally unbecoming of the White House. You, one of the things about Donald Trump, as we probably know, already know, this you can't trust anything he says. He could say something one day and next day he changed his mind about what he said the other day or last week or 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 what he said in a video or, or you can't trust him. He's untrustworthy. He should be untrustworthy to a lot of folks. And a lot of people are saying the reason why he said this, he's throwing an olive branch to his base. If his base uh, is anything like the what I'm thinking they're a bunch of shitholes, too. It's just awful. And we will be back Monday. I'm pretty sure a lot of this is going to be uh, talked about further. You can always find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. I will be uh, on those uh, social networking sites because, um, you know, th because this is going to uh, go on. Uh, but what I'm interested in is how... Kellyanne Conway, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, how are they going to play this? You know what? Basically, when, when you talk about Donald Trump, they, well, Donald Trump is different. He's a different kind of a politician. He's going to say what he's going to say. And uh, next question. You know, that's something as if she probably might use because a lot of them use that. Well, Donald Trump is a different type of politician. He's not your standard type of politician, but he should know what's inappropriate and what's not inappropriate. If he doesn't know that, then he should get his ass out of the White House. Attacking black people, attacking people from Africa, not knowing or not giving a damn that uh, uh, African-Americans built the, built the White House. He doesn't give a, he doesn't give two cares about history. <laughs> he doesn't give a damn about what history has done. All he knows is that he's a racist. All he knows is he's a buffoon and a racist, and he's proud to be that way. And, you know, they're going to come out and try to defend what he said about these countries and about these people. It's just a damn shame that this man gets away with this. He gets away with it. Ninety percent of the American people don't want him in the Oval Office. But the Republicans, they're not listening to us. As long as Donald Trump is lining their pockets, they're fine. But we are going to vote them out. We're going to get their asses out of there. Troubles one more day Heaven help 
Have a great day. Have a great evening. Great weekend. Bye bye, everybody. Bye.